Here's a sneak peek into this week's episode. You know, one of the other big things that we did this year is we talked about it, but we started this podcast. So we've now got 39 episodes that have been released this year. And, you know, that's been a fun adventure in and of itself. Yes, that sure has. And so our very first episode we decided to create was about creating a travel bucket list. So it's actually the second most popular episode. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we're the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do, or those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on earth. What an amazing year it's been. Today, we're going to do a wrap up on the year and give you some insider knowledge on what we loved and what we would do differently next time. We also want to give you an idea of what you can expect in 2024. So pick your seats and let's get started as we journey through 2023. I say we just go ahead and jump right in and get started this time. That sounds good. So we were fortunate enough to actually visit seven countries this year. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, seeming as our goal was to visit one new country per year, we kind of knocked this one out of the park. We did. So we visited the UK and Slovakia, Ecuador, of course, because we went to the Galapagos, the Bahamas, Jamaica, Grand Cayman, and Mexico. Yeah, and this wasn't new. All of them weren't actually new countries. Yeah, so I actually checked off four new countries. So Ecuador was completely new to me. You had been before, but we'll talk about some things that were on your bucket list there that you had not done in Ecuador. Well, besides the Galapagos, but like in Quito, for example, you'd been to Quito, but some something that you had wanted to do. And then together, we also visited Slovakia and then, of course, Jamaica and the Grand Cayman as well. So three for you and four for me. That's a pretty good year, I have to say. Yeah, that was. Really awesome. And so I guess what was interesting about this is that when we started the year, only the Galapagos was the only trip we had planned. And I think we've talked about that before, is that we don't typically plan a lot of things really far in advance. And so that was really the only trip that we had planned. And then, of course, Slovakia and the UK came up because you typically do that once a year for work, but not really hadn't planned Slovakia out. So that Made it extra crazy, I guess, that we got to go to so many places. Yeah, and we didn't even really plan the Galapagos. Yes, but we knew, you're right. Well, we didn't We didn't plan it, that's true. But because we had gone with friends, and I think we touched on that in that Galapagos episode, but because we had gone with friends who said, hey, we're going to do this, do you want to come along? So, But we did know, I guess, going into 2023 that that was on our list, though. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with what the Galapagos are, I highly encourage you to go and listen to that episode because this is going to be on your bucket list after you listen to it. So that was actually episode two. We had talked about doing this podcast for a while, and so we actually started it right after that trip. So if you want to hear about the Galapagos Islands and how we did the trip, that was in episode two. So even though we had been to Mexico before we had visited Cozumel for the first time, so even though we have been to that Yucatan area a lot, we've just never taken that boat ride over to spend a day in Cozumel. So when we 
docked there for the cruise, we spent the day exploring Cozumel. And yes, you could stay there, but I think that we felt like unless you do it, you know, for a vacation and you could stay in a beach resort and enjoy the beaches. And obviously, if you're a diver, that would be a great place to go and enjoy the snorkeling and stuff like that. But a day is a good amount of time to be able to explore that as well. And then we also got to go to Puerto Rico for the first time. So even though that's a U.S. territory, we want to definitely point that out because that's, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great, it's it, a great It sort place of feels like you're visiting another country when you go there. Yeah, it really does. Because um, they have their own culture and identity and stuff like that. Yeah, and so. the language and, and then the food is so different. And so, yeah, it, it really is. But the great thing, I guess, about Puerto Rico for people who don't want to have to invest in a passport is that's a way that you can you can travel something that feels international and not have to have a passport. And of course, Puerto Rico, now we didn't stay, but just a few days, but you definitely could stay for, uh, you could stay for quite a while, right? And do a road trip all the way around and, um, you know, explore a lot. So we we will have to definitely go back to Puerto Rico. And our travel, you know, includes both destinations as well as other countries that we visit. And so in this year, we checked off three bucket list destinations at the same time. We did. So three things that had been on our list, which were the Galapagos Islands. And then also you getting to go to the Grand Canyon, us getting to go to the Grand Canyon, and me getting to watch you see the Grand Canyon for the first mm-hmm. time as well. And then to go to New Orleans. And so funny enough, New Orleans is something that has been on our very original bucket list that we had on our chalkboard wall that we've talked about in a, in a previous episode. So we finally got to do that. Yeah. We looked at that picture that we had taken of that chalkboard wall and, you know, scribbled in there was new Orleans. So that was great to, to check off some of those bucket list destinations as well as, you know, doing things that maybe were like somewhere far away that we might go to or something like that, you know, being able to do, you know, a couple of those things that are domestic for us. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I think a lot of times people think of bucket list items as being like these things like the Galapagos Islands, and they certainly are, you know, and Antarctica and Safari and Iceland and, you know, Asia and just, you know, Australia, I don't know, like these huge things, but they don't, they don't have to be right. Because you bucket list could be like taking a hot air balloon ride. Yeah. Right. I mean, that would be some an experience that is something that you just really want to make sure that you get done. That's and true. So. And you could do that. And we, you know, just recently saw the hot air balloons in Scottsdale. Or, I mean, you probably can do hot air balloons certain times of the year, you know, almost anywhere. In Georgia, we would see people, you know, do hot air balloons a lot. So that's a good point. So, you know, go into national parks and cities like New Orleans just to see, because they definitely has a definitely a unique culture to it to get to experience and then we had some you know additional experiences outside those you know places that we visited these were just things like i said you know riding a hot air balloon we didn't ride a hot air balloon i just keep using that as an example but because scott now knows that's on my bucket list (laughs) yeah maybe we'll make that happen when we go on the safari but you know Sometimes it's just an experience that you want to have. And so we had a few experiences that were on our bucket list as well. Yeah. So I mentioned that Scott had always wanted to go into those gilded churches in Quito. I think the people that you worked with had talked about them. And you really had only been into like the 
at like the business area and maybe dinner and stuff like that. And so being able to add a tour like that to the front end of our, we got to pick, I guess, that we did in Quito. We did, we went to the the actual equator and did a little experience there. But then our tour guide took us to lunch downtown at a nice restaurant that overlooked one of the, one of the open the squares and then then took us into those gilded churches and we did about three i think so that was just absolutely fascinating yeah i'd always i'd always heard there's so much gold even on the walls just there in quito from that spanish inquisition and so everybody had always said you need to come back and come see our gilded churches so we got to do that and cross that off the list. And, you know, I'm so happy that we had that opportunity. Another one for me was to go to Highclere Castle, which is the filming location of Downton Abbey. And uh, one other time when we had been there several years ago, and we were in that area, we drove by, but they were closed for like a wedding, which I think is very common certain times of the year. And so our dear friend Allie had gotten us tickets for the last time that we were there. And she had been, so she just took us and dropped us off and we spent the morning. And so that was really, that was interesting for probably more for me, but then just to be able to, anytime that you can go to an English so this is a like more of a manor house, not necessarily mm. a castle castle, but I mean, a very large house and then just be able to walk their grounds and see their gardens. And they had a fascinating exhibit that if you you know don't know this, I don't know why you would know this, but the people who actually live there, the earls that actually live there, they were part of the Tutankhamun's um the like, group that discovered Tutankhamun's yeah, so they had a, place. You know, an yeah. interesting, you know, exhibit about that. And and so it was just it was it was very neat to see, you know, and of course they had photos in the rooms where you could see like here's how certain, you know, things were filmed for the for the show and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoyed that. That was a neat thing to be able to go see. And I think we learned while we were there that like this, uh, this place is only open six weeks a year or something like that for tours because there's a family that actually lives there most of the year. Yeah, that's true. The family lives there and then they, you know, have other events and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you can't even go like see it. So that was, so that was why it was very special that we got to do that when we went back. That's true. Then we got to do another thing that was on your experience bucket list, which was the VIP tour at Disney. Yeah, so that was definitely had been on my bucket list just to get to experience that. And we got to do that as part of a group because that is definitely, if you do that on your own, that's a pretty expensive thing to do. And and so getting to do that and then for Scott to get to do that too, it just like all worked out. And so that was just a neat experience. And we had a great group of people to a fun group of people to do that with. And it was just neat to get to talk to the the tour guide and talk to her about the people that she had, the celebrities, I guess, that she had uh, taken on tour and some of the behind the scenes things that we got to to see. And of course, couldn't photograph, so can't share. But that was just a neat experience. And then also one other thing at Disney, I'd always wanted to stay at the Grand Floridian. And so we were able to do that in September for our granddaughter's birthday. And that's a great bucket list thing. If you want to be close to Magic Kingdom, I would say that you you really do get spoiled and they've renovated the rooms to have like a Mary Poppins theme. And so it's just, it's it's extra nice. 
tell Melissa she's ruined Disney. Like we can't go back and not stay at the Grand Floridian now. Yeah. So that was that was really a nice stay as well. So and then another one for me was in the fall, just a couple of months ago, we got to go to the Bahamas again. And it was interesting because it was one place that we had said, okay, we've been there. You know, we've kind of tooled around there for a day. We only went there for a day on a cruise years ago. So it wasn't anything where we would say, oh, we really want to go back there. But we had the opportunity to stay at the Atlantis. And so that is something that I had wanted to do and be able to go to that water park and experience that leap of faith water slide, which is an kind of an iconic thing. If you think of Atlantis, that's what you think of. So if you're not familiar with that, it's an almost vertical drop, almost 60 feet high into a pool of sharks. Yeah, well, you don't really go into a pool of sharks, but you go underneath the pool of sharks in an acrylic tunnel. But, you know, if you keep your eyes open, you look up, you will see those sharks swimming above as you go through that tunnel. Yeah, you go through really fast. I mean, it's a very quick experience. And so you just have to make yourself sit down and go. I mean, because it is straight down. So It's like five stories or something like Mm -hmm. that. But we also, on that trip, we also made a connection with it with a tour guide. So we took the opportunity to learn a little bit more about Nassau and the Bahamas. And we realized how similar it is living here now in Florida, how similar some of our history is, especially to the place where we live and getting to connect with her. Funny enough, we actually live in Nassau County and of course, Nassau, Bahamas. And I always thought, you know, not really knowing, like I have never even looked that up. Right. But it's a family name the people who inhabited there. And then also, I think there's a Nassau County, New York, or a Nassau something in New York, somebody has told us. So just that that shared history, I guess, too, which was interesting. So we haven't done a podcast episode on that yet. We hope to have Krista, that was our tour guide, a little bit on that when her schedule can free up. It's, it's the busy season down there now. So hopefully later on, we can have her there. And so then you also crossed the equator for the first time. So when we went down to... Ecuador. Uh, that gave you the opportunity to cross the equator and kind of mentioned a little bit before, but we spent a few hours one day at a, an equator park. So, you know, they had the, what they claimed to be the actual equator line that ran through there. And you could, you know, stand on both sides of the equator at the same time. They had a thing where you balanced an egg on the head of a nail um, just different things like that. Some experiments that show you how I think they made these experiments work. But if you put water into a funnel, um, it would travel in a certain direction, one side of the equator, but then on the other side, it would travel the other. Yeah. So because basically, I guess if you pay attention, like if you flush a toilet on, in the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere, the water goes down in the opposite direction, right, is how you would say it. And so that's kind of what they were attempting to, you know, show, which there's not that much variability right there because you're right there at the equator. But that's basically or that the, the water would go the different direction because of the gravitational pull. But it's amazing to me, too. Is that not true? Well, I was going to say, I think the toilet's probably a bad example because uh, it's going to go the way that the, the design of the toilet flows the water. Oh, okay. You know, if we redesign the toilets here, they could make the water go the opposite way. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it's just, it's so fascinating too when you think about like these, these ancient cultures, like how accurately they 
found where the equator was, right? With no technology. And so you can you can use your GPS while you're there and it's actually like like right there. Like it's very close by to right where they where I they I think say one of the interesting things that I learned was that there are certain constellation constellations and things like that that we see that someone south of the equator doesn't see. And that was like one of the ways that they determine that you know that there was a a concave effect to the to the world. Yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely true. Because we think of these things that we are used to, right? And if you're like a stargazer in the southern hemisphere, you're gonna be like, "Hey, where's such and you know such and such?" And you're not gonna definitely not gonna see that. So yeah, that's super interesting. You know, one of the other big things that we did this year is we talked about it, but we started this podcast. So we've now got 39 episodes that have been released this year. And, you know, that's been a fun adventure in and of itself. Yes, that sure has. And so our very first episode we decided to create was about creating a travel bucket list. So it's actually the second most popular episode. And if you haven't heard it yet, it will give you some great inspiration about, you know, how to come up with things. I mean, I if you're listening to this, you probably love to travel and you probably have things on your bucket list, but it might give you some ideas, you know, if you have times where you can't fly or you can't travel internationally or, you know, whatever to kind of give you some some different ideas or some different ideas with different, you know, groups of people. Yeah. I mean, just over the last year, our bucket list has grown exponentially. You know, as we as we've really dug into our travel journeys and kind of documenting that and talking to different people, you know, like just this past weekend when we were in Sedona, we sat down, we were having dinner at the at the bar because the restaurant was really really busy that night or when we first got there it was really busy and we started talking to the lady next to us and then all of a sudden found out she loves to travel too and so she was rattling off all the different places that are on her bucket list and so as we talk to different people and we hear from you you know as you leave us messages or you know post on our you know our social media and stuff like that then we start investigating more into some of the places that you're talking about and then all of a sudden, before you know it, our bucket list is continuing to grow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she had some really neat experiences. She was very interesting to talk to. She's been to some fantastic places and then had, you know, was kind of asking about some places that we had been as well. So I got a feeling that we're going to need to up the number of unique places that we go to per year uh, to ever cross off that bucket list, though. That's true. Yes. So. And travel is something that we enjoy doing year round. Uh, The perfect time to travel is always right now. So let's quickly, I know we've talked about a few of these places, but let's look at this as like a month by month, just to kind of recap. And then we also want to make sure we can point you to like some of these podcast episodes. And then we have a few that we need to do. So in January, since we're only three hours away from Walt Disney World and we do have annual passes. So that helps a lot. We want to take advantage of those as much as possible. And for me, kind of one of my bucket list things is I wanted to be able to stay at as many different of the hotels there that I hadn't stayed at. And one of the fun, so one of the fun things for me too is trying to get good deals on travel, right? So if you can, you know, get, you know, discounted tickets or tickets with miles or whatever. So Disney has a couple of different things. They have started having more 
annual pass holder or Florida resident hotel discounts. But then you can also look and find discounted DVC rooms on a few sites. And and I'll link those as well. And DVC is Disney Vacation Club. That's true. So yeah, Disney Vacation Club. So people who have booked the rooms or... And a lot of times it's like for one night here and one night there because they had some points, I guess, that would expire. And so they decide to do that. And then they basically rent those out. And I find them on these sites that are like they're already booked and whatever. It's not like you're having to deal with the individual owner. But so it's like one night here and one night there, like I said. And so they can be at a significant discount. So we did a we did a fun thing. The kids wanted to go and do well, our daughter wanted to go. Her husband was going to play golf. And so she was like, hey, can we go to Disney for these such and such days? And so I was like, yeah, but we're going to do an adventure. She's like, yeah, whatever. So we did four Disney hotels in four nights, which is a little was a little hectic, I, I must admit, especially with two little ones. But we did great. So it was just kind of a crazy adventure that we did. So we did Coronado Springs and Old Key West. And then Scott joined us. He had actually had a meeting in Orlando and was staying somewhere else. But he joined us for the last two nights. And we stayed at Wilderness Lodge and then Swan Reserve. So we had quite the we had quite the gamut of of rooms and and stuff like that. But that Swan Reserve was really amazing. So that's a Marriott property, which I booked on points and they had upgraded us to an Epcot view room. So not only did we have the fireworks the night before, we woke up to the most amazing sunrise on that side of the building. So that was really cool. Well, I don't think we woke up. I think you woke us up. Yeah. Well, there you go. I love sunrises and sunsets, guys, if you don't know. So, you know, that was just kind of slow rolling into the year, I think, just getting us started because we definitely picked up some steam after that. Yeah, it feels like we did. So, yeah. So going into February, that's where we're now going on this big trip to the Galapagos. And so we traveled down to Ecuador, you know, did a few days in Quito first. They have you getting there, making sure that you're you're arrived and then then they take you on to the, to the port where where you leave from to go to the Galapagos Islands. Yeah, so we mentioned we went on this trip because we had some friends who had said, "Hey, we're going to do this trip. Do y'all want to? Y'all want to come along?" So we didn't have a lot to do with the planning. They'd give us some options, but we really wanted to defer to what they had planned. So again, we did that. We did the cruise of the Galapagos, which was a fantastic way to see a lot of the islands and just have like no, you know, they're shuttling you around and then, hey, get in the tender and we're going to see this and we're, so a lot of the days it was, yeah, hiking and snorkeling and hiking and eating and relaxing. And so it really made a, it did make a, like for a vacation. And then we got to get off at two of the islands and do a lot more. So again, episode two, we really go into that. And then episode three, we talk about keto. That was another one to where, yes, we paid out of pocket for the cruise. We did use Delta Sky Miles to get to Quito. And so we we did that specifically so that we could, you know, stay with the group. And that was kind of the the plan for that. So you go, then you fly from Quito to... Guanacal or something like that. Yeah. Guanacal. Guanacal. Yeah. yeah. And then over to the Galapagos. But there are flights that we have seen, like from Florida, a lot of places you could fly straight to to Guayaquil because the one thing is is going to Quito is that elevation change yeah. right so a lot of we did notice when we did hear a lot of the people whether like medicine Guayaquil so that they wouldn't have to do that and so that might be an option and also you don't have to do a cruise of the Galapagos either so 
you can then fly to some of the islands and stay there. There's hotels. There's actually really cute towns. And then you can just do day trips out to some of those. I don't think you would get to you know see as much, but it's definitely a possibility if cruising is not because this is a bit of a it was a bit of a rougher boat. So if that's not in your uh, you know oh, being able to have the seasickness, back up just a minute. This boat was not rough in any shape. Form no, no, or no. I mean rough as in we did have yeah. some waves that were we did have some waves that were rougher. Yeah, we than we like had, a large cruise ship. I think but not we had terrible. one night where. Yeah. The seas were, you know, a little bit more rocky, but overall, the boat that we were on was a what they call a tritune. So it had three or a trihull. It had, uh, you know, three pontoons basically underneath it, and it was very stable. And the boat itself was absolutely fabulous. Uh, so oh yes, I absolutely fabulous. Not make sure that we were not roughing it out on no. the seas at any no. in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We had like twelve. 12 or 13 crew members for 12 people, 12 guests. Right. Yeah. There's a larger option you can do. National Geographic does a cruise down there that's like 100 people. So nothing nothing massive is the, is the thing. And But you don't have to cruise, I guess, is my main point. And then you can you could do day trips and stuff like that. And so there are like less expensive options to be yeah. able to see parts of the Galapagos as well. But I would just want to make it clear. I, I don't think that's recommendation. So I don't think we would recommend that you go do that because you miss out on a lot of the experience um, that we had by, uh, you know, going on this cruise. But, you know, I guess the point you're making is there are other options. Right. So if you can't cruise, don't feel like you have to check that like, oh, I can't go to the Galapagos Islands. And I don't know that. I mean, a lot of people probably know that. I don't know that I really realized that because it like you're saying, it would be the best way to be able to see as much. But it's definitely an option to be able to. You could still see a good bit, right, and and do some day trips and stuff like that. But you would have to take some kind of boat out to do some of the things for sure. So then in March, we took a trip to Pittsburgh. So we went up to visit some friends there. And, you know, we probably should record an episode on Pittsburgh because we didn't, I don't think we knew all of the things that you could do there, right? We weren't, uh, this was not like we had chosen the destination and we were going to go there and, you know, do a bunch of things from a tourist perspective. Um, Our main goal was to go hang out with some friends. And then, you know, we had some extra time where we could go and do some of these touristy things and really found that there was a lot to do in Pittsburgh. Yeah, there was a lot to do in Pittsburgh and we really enjoyed it. And interesting enough, like if if there were like the ball games going on, the baseball or the football, which is we stayed right there in that area. I mean, you would have that on top of that. I would say for Pittsburgh and for those teams, that would be kind of iconic, right? Because those stadiums are right there on the river. But what we ended up doing is we went to the aviary, which was a fantastic experience. We went to the Andy Warhol Museum which is interesting because I feel like you get a different perspective if you've ever been to a museum and seen an Andy Warhol exhibit. This one was a bit different. A lot of things that they wouldn't necessarily put out on um, exhibition, maybe, like to to go other places. Um, Yes, there's some famous things there, but you get more of a perspective on his life. And then you do see some of those iconic, um, I think that's my word for the day, but you see some of those paintings and drawings and uh, sculptures and just different things like that. Yeah. 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 
And then the botanical gardens and that area over by the college, that was, and of course we were there in um, March. And so just that time of the year was just fantastic for like spring flowers. We had great weather. So I think that was a big deal for us. But we also went to some of these places that our friends had not been to or the husband of the friends, I guess, had not been to. So we do have a blog post on that. So you can actually see some of the pictures and get some ideas about like where to eat, where we would stay, maybe what we would recommend. But we had some really great experiences. And so we need to do a podcast episode, but I'll link that blog post so that you can take a look. If you're ever in Pittsburgh, definitely have some time to, you know, explore because we went to some really neat, a lot of history there too. So we should go to a Braves and Pirates game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd love to go to that stadium. It's right there on the water. We should do that. So you can go out to our, uh, on our website, sunshinetravelers.com. We've got a blog post there. You can go out and see, you know, some of our recommendations as well as some of the pictures that we took because there's a lot of fabulous architecture in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, it's a lot of architecture, a lot of history, and then those bridges, all the yellow bridges. So yeah, they have make f- some. They have a few bridges in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so it makes them for some really interesting photography too. I feel like. Yeah. So then in April, this is where we did our trip to Slovakia. Uh, So I had to go over for work, and Melissa joined me, and really, we were going to the UK. I had a meeting in the UK that I had to attend, but, you know, travel, making that international travel is often one of the most expensive parts is the flight getting across, and so we had said that we would go over and visit some of my staff that lives in Slovakia, and they live and work in Slovakia, and so we went over to Kosice and met some of them and this was the first time because i joined this company right before the pandemic and so i had not had a chance to travel out and meet many of my team members previously and so this was the first time meeting that team there in slovakia and so for me i feel like it was very interesting because this was an experience to where like you're going to like meet a family or see a family or stay with a family. Would you say, Scott? Because yeah. they had invited us. They're like, hey, there's this big hockey game. It's like like game seven of like this, the playoffs or whatever. And we're yeah. going to get tickets because like this is a big deal for us. So we're going to get y'all some tickets too. And we're all going to go together and we'll, you know, meet for a drink before. And then after the game, we'll go to dinner and stuff like that. So it was all, it was a very different experience because like you're going with people who know the area, which is super awesome in my opinion. And they were very excited about this hockey playoff. So they had forced a game seven. I think they were kind of the underdogs going into it. So it was a very exciting atmosphere, you know, being there because, you know, this was a big deal to them to get into these playoffs. Yeah. And so just not knowing what to expect, but like as soon as we met them, it was just like we knew them and they were just so excited to like tell us about everything and show us about everything and and so just getting like to just experience that as part of their culture. So like you just felt like, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the whole town, but you felt like that, you know, the whole town was there. And then also it was a unique experience to like when when it like broke for one of the, um, is it like third? What was it? It's thirds, right? In hockey? Quarters. Okay. No, okay. But yeah, there are, there are breaks uh, and, and think of them more like almost like half times. 
in hockey because they're it's not like just a two minute break. There's a break where you can go. And I think the point you were going to talk about was that we actually left the stadium. Yeah. So I actually just was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And so I was like, okay, I'll meet you back here. And then Scott comes back and he was like, Hey, we actually left the stadium and we went to like a bar down the, like right around the corner or something like that. And that's just not something like normally like in the U S like you can't leave and come back to like a sports arena thing. Right. They want you to stay in there and, you know, enjoy their snacks and buy their drinks and stuff like that. You're like, Hey, we actually left and like went around the corner (laughs) and that was very strange. So. Well, so Melissa and I, like we got there and we immediately had to go and meet them. So like we didn't even really have time really adjust or whatever it was landed got to the hotel put our stuff up and then went off to to go and meet them and one of the things that we're going to find out very quickly with their culture is they're a very social culture and part of their social cultures is to enjoy a drink together and so we did quite a bit of that you know during the the hockey match we you know like melissa said during the breaks, you'd go out, you'd have a beer together. And then when we went out to dinner, one of the things that we learned is they often will carry a flask of some type of alcohol that they've made from fruit on their property or their family's property. It's just normal for them to carry that around with them, I guess. Yeah. And then they want you to try it, right? Because it comes from quince or this or that. Well, like whatever they grow and then they... Do the process, but then they take it somewhere else to be distilled. But then yeah. they they frequently want to share that with you because like it's something that they have made. So yeah, so I just felt like their their culture that was just a neat experience. I think there because we got to meet people who live there and go to dinner with them. And so of course then we went to dinner with them a couple of times at very neat restaurants. One of them that was served more like family style. What they ordered, though, was these big boards. It just felt it was very interesting because to me, the food reminded me of like a southern U.S. barbecue. So it was like barbecued chicken and some ribs and then like all these different sides. And we were just like fried chicken, oh, fried chicken. OK. And then yeah. like barbecued ribs and then like all these different sides that were things like maybe like cold, like coleslaw, which I mean, is definitely a very like German and um Eastern European type thing. But of course, we enjoy that in the US. And I think I can't even remember what else. Like it was a bunch of different sides. But it just reminded me, I was like, man, this is very similar to like what you'd have like at a, at a barbecue. Yeah. I just remember before we got on the plane to go over there and we were, you know, talking to friends and family, we had to make sure to leave out the fact of how close we were to Ukraine on yeah. this trip. Yeah. And so it was just, it was also neat for me because then the day that Scott's, and we weren't there, but just a couple of days, but the day Scott was in the office, then I was able to say, Hey, where should I go? You know, where should I eat? And they do have like a, a, like a main street or a high street or, you know, where a lot of the shops and and stuff were. And so just being able to walk around and, and then they did the, the second afternoon, they did get somebody to take us on a tour. So like the whole group. So there were a couple of other people there from that didn't live right there too, that had kind of all come since you were going to be there and a couple of other people were going to be there. And so to just take us on a tour, which was, which was nice and give us a little bit of perspective on the history, but they've had quite the history and quite the government changeovers over the years. And so uh, just to, to get to hear about that from a local's perspective as well. So, and then of course, from there we went to London and 
We've been several times. So in episode five, we give you an ultimate London travel guide, what to do if you've never been or if you've been a lot, give you some ideas because I don't think there's ever a thing where you could say I've done everything in London. Like it's just not a possibility because there's always new things, always new stuff going on and they're always changing stuff up and things, you know, that just the the culture, not the culture, but the like the trends, I guess, are always changing and they seem to be in London first about what's trendy and stuff like that, too. This also led to our episode on travel disruptions, because this was one of those trips where we ran into a travel disruption coming out of Slovakia. We were planning to go back to London and then and be able to take a flight from London to Brussels, Belgium. And then one of our connecting flights between Slovakia and London got delayed, and so we missed getting back to London in time to take that flight to Brussels. And that actually led to our our trip to go see a new place in London. Yeah. So we learned a lot about traveling through Heathrow and traveling through Europe. So that was good, some learnings. But yeah, we we got to go to a place that we otherwise wouldn't have gone, which was Hampton Court Palace, that we do talk about in that London episode, episode five. And ended up being a fantastic thing. So then we did decide to do that whole travel disruption episode to just kind of give you some tips for, you know, how to how to handle those things. So some tips and some things that we learned, but then just also like maybe a like a mindset type of a thing because it ended up being a, a fantastic weekend. We we made the most of it. And then on that trip is when we went to High Clear Castle as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in May we had already planned to return to St. John. And this was one of those cases where, like, we knew we were going, but I think for some reason we just waited too long to buy the the plane tickets. And so we had to find an alternative route to get there. Uh, I mean, we didn't have to, but, you know, looking to be economical in our travel, that's where we decided that we would go to Puerto Rico first. So instead of flying to St. Thomas, We went to Puerto Rico, we spent a few days in Puerto Rico, and then flew from Puerto Rico to St. Thomas, and then took the ferry to to St. John and spent a few days in St. John. Yeah, so we go over that in great detail. That was our first episodes that we actually recorded on the road. So Puerto Rico, we talk about in episode eight, we recorded that while we were there all the things that we did and things that we would recommend. And then St. John in episode nine. So the St. John episode has actually become our third most popular episode. And I think because we talk about like really why we love it so much. And so if you enjoy snorkeling, that is the place to go. And it's super laid back. I mean, you're not going to have a lot. You're not going to have a lot of nightlife. You're not going to have like a ton of restaurants or anything like that. And then we actually sent Will and Emily there on their honeymoon and we're able to give them all the tips and stuff like that. So that's a, just a fantastic place to go, a unique place to go. Again, no passport required. Like Scott mentioned, you fly to St. Thomas. And so, yeah, so we did that through Puerto Rico and then to St. Thomas and and then back. But we've also since then learned we could, there's some places in Florida we could easily get to and then fly directly to Puerto Rico. I'm sorry, we could fly directly to St. Thomas as well. So just trying to learn some of those things. And so then Melissa, you went and stayed at the Disney Contemporary. You went with our daughter and grandkids and y'all stayed at the Disney Contemporary Resort. Um, I think I was traveling for work or something and you guys went on this trip. Yeah, I think we just went, we just went for one night. It was one of those things where she had just gotten her season pass. And so it was like burning a 
hole in her pocket because she had just gotten it and was anxious to to get it used. And so we found a really good deal to do that for one night and took advantage of that. And so then really going into the summer, we had said, you know, summer is the expensive, busy travel season for most of the world, right? Because kids are out of school. And so we had said, hey, we're at the beach. We're going to take advantage of really just being home. So throughout the summer, we didn't, we did go back and forth to Orlando a few times just to enjoy some things. So right around Memorial Day weekend, we had some friends that were visiting from the UK. We had fortunately been able to see them uh, or to see him when we were there in London, but then to get to spend some time with his whole family. And so we hung out with them at Magic Kingdom for the day. But you and I got to play golf at Disney for the first time. So that was a lot of fun. And then we went together as a family Father's Day weekend. And the guys all went to play on another course for golf and then just spend a few, a couple of days Father's Day at Epcot. So that was a lot of fun. And then in July, besides hosting family for here for the 4th of July weekend, we did go for a few days down to Disney's Beach Club Resort. That's another one that had been on my bucket list. They have a, that's probably the biggest like pool experience. They have like a lazy river and a couple of water slides and stuff like that. So we did that for my birthday in July. And then August, you actually traveled a good bit for work. Yeah, I was, I was on the road a lot in August. Yeah. Uh, I made two trips to Vegas can't remember where else I went, but you went to New York as well. Yeah. And so funny enough, I we have a couple of dogs at home and we've been traveling a lot and it's a lot to shuffle them back and forth to be boarded and stuff like that. And so I passed on those for for that time of the year and just hung out with them and, and stuff like that. So and I think then you spent a lot of time at the beach with the grandkids. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did do that and I did go back to Disney with my sister for a couple of days. And so we kind of tag teamed, I guess, being here home with the dogs. But we do want to remind you that we do have an episode on Amelia Island, which we we've added new places to our food recommendations and list and stuff like that. And maybe we'll come out with a new podcast episode just to update that as well. But I'll put the link to the blog post and then we'll have some updates there. But episode 14 is where you'll find that Amelia Island episode. And it's funny as we travel, we we usually just tell people, hey, we're from Jacksonville, you know, that kind of thing. And then just depending on how the conversation goes, but a lot of times people will say, oh, I've been there. I've been to Amelia Island. We're like, okay, yeah, well. So That's it's just interesting. A lot of people and a lot of people, there's a lot of conferences here at the Omni and the Ritz and stuff like that. So, but episode 14, and then I'll put the link to the blog post as well. And then going into September, we decided to, well, so that was when we did the VIP tour. And that was something again, that came up kind of last minute as well. And so we did a couple of discount uh, or highly discounted nights at the old Key West and you had not stayed there before. But then the, the, in the middle of the month, this is something I had to plan for a while and staying at the Grand Floridian and booked Halloween party tickets. So it's funny enough, our granddaughter's favorite holiday has always been Halloween, but I think it's because of the the dress up aspect of it. She loves to dress up as Disney princess. Like if you like 90% of the time, if you like 
we talk to her or whatever, like she's in a princess dress or something like that. And so I think that's like Halloween has just always been, oh, this is when you dress up. And so that has been something we wanted her to be old enough to be able to do that Halloween party. So we did that. And that's when we stayed at the Grand Floridian. So from that, if you don't gather, we do know a good bit about Disney. And so we wanted to share a lot of those tips. So we do have three episodes on Disney, but they're very different. One with children, one with just adults, and then one with senior adults. It wasn't this past year, but we have taken Scott's parents. And so just kind of navigating that with scooters and some different things like that. So if you look at episodes 15, 16, 17, and then we have lots of links in those and stuff like that for Disney information and Disney guides. And then just Disney is constantly changing. So if you're visiting, just kind of knowing like what's what's on the horizon for new rides and new procedures and, and different things like that. So, you know, maybe we'll just take a break for just one second. We're almost at the end. We're, you know, on the countdown here. But one thing that I would say to people is you may be listening to this and be like, my God, does this guy ever work? Right. Because they're always traveling. And I think that's a good point. Just remind people is that, you know, pandemic changed a lot of things. And one of them is the way that you work. Well, I've been a remote employee for probably about 12 years now where I haven't gone into an office every day. I work out of the house. But I think one thing that it's opened up to a lot of people is to realize is that you can work from just about anywhere. So in a lot of these trips that we're talking about, you know, I will go, I'll work during the day from the hotel, wherever we're at. And then we'll spend the nights and weekends and stuff like that off exploring and doing different fun things together. But, you know, I just wanted to offer that up there because a lot of you may be thinking, gosh, I would love to do this, but I've got to work. Well, so do I. And I managed to get that done. It's just, I'm working from a different place. And so if you have that opportunity where you can work from just about anywhere, I would say this is this is perfect for you, right? Go to these places. The resorts usually have pretty good Wi-Fi. And so, you know, you can be online and working and doing all of your stuff. And then, you know, when you get finished for the day, you go off and have fun and enjoy being wherever you're at. Yeah, Puerto Rico was a great example of that too, right? Like it was just like, okay, we had a lot of the time for St. John for vacation, then be able to do that. And you're like, okay, well, that's fine. We can make that work, but I'm going to have to work, right? So then being able to use the weekend, so going on the weekend and then working a couple of days before we, before we, you know, at the hotel. And I then took being advantage able- of the beautiful scenery and I set, set myself up right in the middle of the window. So when I was on video calls, like the ocean was behind me and just made people jealous. Yeah, I think it looked absolutely looked faked. But yeah, you actually have done that a lot. And Scott is a very ideal remote worker, I would say, because he is. And and I think it helps like you've got your like your meetings, you know, and stuff like that and and calls and stuff like that. And so you're just, you know, it's it's a focus. Like I said, I didn't start this with the pandemic. Uh, I've been remote worker for 12 years. So all right. So let's hit the, the downhill real quick and realize that We want to get through it pretty quick, but October. Yeah. So in October, we got to enjoy a trip to Auburn, Alabama. Our son and Will and Emily got married on October 7th. And so we had a long weekend spent just celebrating them and getting to spend time with family. 
And so that's a fun little town too. If you ever find yourself mm-hmm. in that area, Auburn, Opelika, it's just really up and coming. There's a lot of cool things. A lot of people go there for school and then decide to stay. And so there's a lot of good restaurants between Auburn and Opelika. It's definitely a place to to check out. And boutique hotels and hospitality group or the hospitality school has has a hotel and restaurants and stuff like that there at Auburn. So definitely worth something checking out. And then rounding out October with New Orleans. And we go into all those details in episode 30. So make sure to take a listen to that. In the last couple of months of the year, we took some last minute trips. And these weren't things that were even on our horizon at all, but they ended up being really great times. So we had found out through some friends of ours that you could actually take your hotel status which in our case was Marriott, and match it to the Caesars. You can only do that while you were there. And so you were traveling there for work. So you went and inquired about it. And so sure enough, they matched it to their diamond status. And so then we, they had told us that you could then match it to the Atlantis. They would give you like some free stay, free casino play, et cetera. And so we decided to do that, but you had to do it by the end of the year. So trying to fit that in and make that work for a few days. So that was another example of we went on a weekend and then you work from the hotel on the weekdays. So we just made a quick trip of it and and did that tour on the weekend and stuff like that. Having to pay for, we actually, that was actually an interesting trip because we actually had points for flights, had that for the hotel. And so it was really just incidentals and any tours and food. But I will say the food there is pretty expensive. Even and we didn't even, you know, eat at the hotels, but pretty expensive too. So just taking that into account. Yeah. And just knowing on that status match is you have from the point that they match your status to the end of the year to to gain the same level of status with Caesar. So it meant that we needed to take this trip by end of year because there's no way that I was going to match that same status again through Caesars. Yeah, that's true. So we had, yeah, like you said, we had to do that in the year. And so then in November, then we took that. And this is the part that our friends had told us that I had not ever heard about is then taking that and matching it to the Holland America cruise. So it doesn't necessarily have to be Caesars. There's a, there's a place on that Holland America and I'll put that link again here, but where then you submit what you have and then they say, okay, here's what we offer you. So this was interesting because if it had been early in the year, you could actually go anywhere, you know, Alaska, Pacific, Caribbean, and New England for us, and then any of the cruises that were left. So we just picked one in the Caribbean that places that we had not been that worked out with your schedule. And then again, we found that the upper tier of the Wi-Fi you were able to use then on the days at sea and then just took vacation days on the other days. And so that that was Again, not a planned trip, but just very neat to be able to do that and to use that status. But again, we had to use it before the end of the year or we wouldn't have done that. So taking that into account. And so the way it worked out was because you had, didn't match that until what, like August? Yeah. Probably. So. so November was the cruise. We went to Jamaica, Grand Cayman Islands, Cozumel, and their private island in the Bahamas. So, you know, we did that in November and more information on that in episode 36, uh, where you can go back and, you know, learn about that. That was an interesting one because I had injured my Achilles right before that. And so I took, you know, a little knee scooter and we got around and that knee scooter went to four different countries and to the beach and wherever else. 
uh, made it perfectly fine. And then December rolls around and this was something that I was looking forward to. Melissa had told me because she needed to buy the plane tickets and she knew they would show up on my Delta app, uh, but that she was going to take me in December to Scottsdale to go play golf for birthday. I injured myself. And so one of the things I had told my doctor right away was this is the date that we have to get me back up and, and capable of going to play golf. And he thought I was absolutely crazy, but we were able to get it done and so we took off in December and we went out to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and we played beautiful round of golf at the Kirlin Resort. And we were planning on spending a couple of days playing golf, or I was planning on spending a couple of days trying to play golf. And Melissa surprised me while we were there and said, hey, you know, You've always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. And so for your birthday, I've been planning this since July. And we're going to pack up. We're going to leave. We're going to take a train into the National Park. We're going to stay there at the National Park in this hotel right on the rim of the Grand Canyon. And and so we just had an absolute fabulous trip. And then on the way back, we stayed in overnight in Sedona. and. So, you know, just a great surprise on top of being able to play golf while we were in Scottsdale. Yeah. And so I do owe him some more time of golf in Scottsdale. But I will say, so why Scottsdale? The reason for that at in Scottsdale at the Weston Kirlin, they have a Weston hotel, but then they do have some of the villas there that we can use some of our vacation club options to stay at. So it's somewhere that we can return to. And we actually had booked those with our Delta companion certificate that we had. So again, kind of combining some of those things. So then the flight was really inexpensive and then uh, two for one really. And then we got some great upgrades with our status and then being able to stay there essentially for free. Yeah. And you know, it was good because I had the knee scooter. So we were able to just scoot all around the rim of the Grand Canyon, see some absolute gorgeous views. And I think the funny story of that is here I'd had this knee scooter, took it on the cruise, went to four different countries, took it to the beach in the Bahamas and and also in the Grand Cayman Islands, and you know, took it out to the Grand Canyon. On the way home, the last leg from Atlanta to Jacksonville, I don't know what Delta did. I don't know if they threw it out of the plane at 30,000 feet or whatever, but they absolutely smashed this thing to pieces. And so I get it back and like I can tell that there's something wrong with it. Anyhow, they had damaged it, uh, which was funny because I Melissa had, had gone on or something like that. I had sent her on to, to go get her bags and... You know, and then all of a sudden, here I come wheeling up in a wheelchair. <laughs> but, you know. Well, I had joked. What was funny about it is I had joked, is they're going to bring that thing back and they're going to like be, well, you're going to have to replace the tires on this thing. Are you going to have to replace this or that? Because like, what have you, where have you been? Right. Because they probably expected you to like wheel around the house on it. And here you've taken it. I wish we knew how many miles, literally, because like on the cruise ship, to the cruise ship, on the airport, you know, to the beach, like you went down the roads and the Cayman Islands. And and so I was like, man, they're going to make you want to like have a, you know, a tire replacement or something. And then they were happy because then the whole thing got replaced because it was yeah. just. And just kind of a shout out to, to Delta 
I know sometimes they frustrate the hell out of me, but in this case, they took care of the the damage worked because this was a rental for me. I'd rented it from a place locally. So they reached out to them. They took care of everything and it was zero effort on my my behalf. So, and so fast, yeah. which was, which was the yeah, next great. day. Yeah. I mean, they even offered to tell you, oh, do, I mean, it was almost midnight. I think by the time we got all this squared away and they said, well, do you need it tonight? Do you need it right now? And we we're just like, no, we're done yeah. with this. But it was very, yeah, they were very efficient. So that was great. So, so Scott, what was the top three places that you went this year? Do you think? Galapagos Islands, number one, that is just, you know, trip of a lifetime. Then I would say second would be Slovakia and just a beautiful town. I don't think we really knew exactly what to expect and going there. And so, uh, you know, just just lovely. And then I think uh, I would have to say is that although we've been to the UK many times and we've been to London, Hampton Court Palace uh, is just in my memory as one of those great places that we've visited and it's probably mostly because we visited right in the middle of their tulip season. And like they had, I mean, seemed like millions of tulips all over this place. And so it was just absolutely fabulous. Yeah. And so I would say like shout out to the, you know, they put those magazines in the rooms and they put the little advertisements in it, like what's on and stuff like that. And so that really is can be an effective form of communication to travelers, because for us, like I didn't really know what we were going to do, like how we were going to feel that day. But in London, like you can find something. But I was like, hey, look at this, Scott, like this, like they're having a tulip festival and they had put an advertisement in um you know, in one of those magazines in the hotel. And I just happened to flip through it. And I said, Hey, let's, let's do this. We actually ended up joining the historic national palaces. I'm not sure if that's the name, but we actually ended up joining that because between Hampton Court Palace and the Tower of London and Kensington Palace, like they're all in that group. And we actually did a membership so that we could, you know, visit and enjoy some of those things and, you know, be able to go into the tower one afternoon without, you know, being full price and stuff like that. So definitely look into that too. Yeah, that was, that was really spectacular. And then another thing that I convinced you to do on the way back, they were having the last little riverboat cruise coming back on the Thames. And I really enjoyed that. I mean, it wasn't 15 minutes and then we ended up having to, you know, take the train back the rest of the way. But that was, that was just a neat, unique experience. For me, I'd also add St. John and just spend the time in St. John we rented a car for the whole time this time and and being able to snorkel just like literally we wore ourselves out snorkeling. So I would add that to the list. Yeah, we love St. John. So let's talk about if there's anything that we would have done differently, any perspectives about anything that you would have changed or done differently in our travels. Well, we did learn that we need to give ourselves more time in Europe, especially going through Heathrow. You know, we get used to short turnarounds in Atlanta like often 45, 50 minutes, even though it puts us, you know, close, we're able to make that change in Atlanta. But Heathrow, it seems you need about three hours between flights, realistically. Yeah, because there, if you go between terminals, you're going to have to go through a security check too, which can be long. And then what happened with us is our luggage ended up being too big. And so they forced us to check it. And so then that means coming back through immigration as well, getting the bags, trying to recheck everything. And it just wasn't a possibility. Um, 
So, and that's a hard one to say, like, what would you do differently? Because sometimes you feel like, oh, do things work out the way that they're supposed to work out? Because then what you just said was we visited Hampton Court Palace, which if we had made that connection, we wouldn't have done. And that ended up being one of your favorite things. So it just makes an interesting perspective, I guess. Yeah. One other thing that I, I told Melissa, and I didn't mean to criticize something that she had planned, but I would give ourselves more time in Sedona. Absolute beautiful place. We got there when it was dark, so we couldn't see the views that we were going to end up seeing the next day. And then we needed to get up early in the morning to to drive back to Phoenix, catch her flight. And so while we got some, you know, pictures, we saw a beautiful sunrise, but you know, and we got some great pictures of Sedona. We didn't really get to experience Sedona very much. Right. We really needed an, another whole day and to be able to do that canyon drive and stuff like that. And so the other thing I didn't realize, and we'll talk about this more when we do the episode about the Grand Canyon, I didn't realize that the train ride would be like, it was like two hours and 15 minutes because it does go pretty slow. And I don't know if I just missed that. Or I didn't like see that anywhere, which is fine because you want to get your money's worth doing that experience. But I didn't realize that leaving the Grand Canyon at 2.30, then it would be like six o'clock getting to Sedona because it is, you know, then another hour from where you drive. So, but that's okay. But yeah, Sedona is a little bit, it's expensive to just kind of like, you know, pop through. So it was nice to see. And also in hindsight, we probably could have spent another hour ish there. We had plenty of time at the airport, but just not knowing the security lines were very long. Now we had the, you know, the clear and the TSA, but I think they were saying that the security line there was an hour and a half. Yeah. If you hadn't had that. So just, you know, not knowing and, and being nervous about, you know, not having time to in that airport, you know, having to take your rental car back and stuff like that. And just wanting to have plenty of time at the airport that you're not familiar with. So that you're right. you would have done differently. Again, my premise is just hard to say. Like, I just feel like sometimes you're you're have the experiences that you're supposed to have. So if if we I mean, sure, we want to go to Brussels. Like that's been on our list or we would like to, that would have been another country and another city and, you know, a whole nother. But then we would have missed the experiences that we did have in London. Well, as we look forward to 2024, what's on our list for 2024? So we have actually planned more this year than we've ever planned before going into the year, which is funny enough. So, but we are going to go to Aruba. We've planned to go stay at one of the Marriott properties in Aruba, but we're going to fly through Curacao. So just note, hint, it can be a lot more affordable and then like points wise. So we're going to do that. So we're going to spend a a couple of days in Curacao and do that. And then right after that, we're going to go. Our daughter wants to take her family to Europe. So we're going to hit up the UK and Germany and Greece with them for a couple of weeks as well and then and then one of the things that i'm most excited about and have been working on i've told you before i'm usually not the planner like i'm the tourist in the group but i've been working on planning this out and so we're going to go to kenya for a safari in october and you know that's just something that i've been looking forward to for a really long time Um, our friends that went to the galapagos with us They were on board, ready to go, but unfortunately, they've had both had some health issues that came up, and so they just weren't able to commit right now. 
to making that trip. So Melissa and I are going to do that together, but we're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary this year with this trip. And, uh, you know, we'll probably tack on Morocco at the beginning and then South Africa at the end. So we'll actually explore Africa from tip to tip. Yeah. So spoiler alert, if we haven't said, I know we've teased along if we were going to do Antarctica or the African safari, we're going to do the African safari and then Antarctica in 2025. 2025 to Antarctica. Who wants to go with us? So we're curious, where are you planning to go in 2024? Leave us a note. You know, you can stick it in in a review and say, you know, something about the podcast and then say, hey, we're planning to go in such and such. Or you can drop us a note on social media or also there's a contact us page on um, on our website too, sunshinetravelers.com. And you can find us there and, and drop us a note. Let us know where you are planning to go in 2024. Starting this podcast this year has been an absolute blast. It's provided us an opportunity to meet so many people and in turn, give us so many new ideas for our bucket list. What was your favorite travel memory from 2023? Send me an email at scott at com and let me know. I can't wait to hear from you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes as they are released every Tuesday. You can also find us on Instagram at Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember that's travelers with one L. And most importantly, share it with your friends and help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion.